The Mets are now 1-0 since their owner publicly roasted their brutal offense on Twitter. You love to see it, Figgy. <laughs> we'll talk about Wednesday's win to avoid the sweep in the bay. React to Steve Cohen's tweet, a beat writer is looking for beef, and a look ahead to the series in Hollywood. No beef when we answer your emails and your voicemails in this week's You Got Mail segment. So follow us on our new show Twitter, at Amazing But True, and get locked in to a new Amazing But True episode from the New York Post. Queens, Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, former Met. Nelson Figueroa. You can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY and follow Amazing But True, a brand new show Twitter. Get us to double digits, please. Help <laughs> us. Spare me. Get us to 10 at Amazing But True. That's right. The username was available. So follow our new Twitter at Amazing But True. Give us a five star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your support of the show. Later in the show, we will get to your emails and voicemails. Amazing but true pod at gmail.com, 845-391-3660. As we get to that, as we are guest-free on a late night, it's, it's Amazing But True After Dark. Following a Mets game that was so much needed, Figgy, there is lots to get into. We'll get into, speaking of Twitter, we got a lot of Twitter stuff to get to. When it comes to the owner and it comes to the beat writer, we got a lot of Mets stuff. It was a wild Wednesday, hell of a hump day in Mets land. And we'll start with the most recent stuff, Biggie, and that was the win. I mean, this team went into the ninth, not responding to Steve Cohen's tweet, not scoring. Finally, ninth inning comes around. They score a run. It goes to extras. All sorts of wild things happen. But at the end, Kevin Pillar, Superman, who has been atrocious at the plate the last few months, hits a huge, a huge three-run homer to avoid a sweep. Get the Mets back to 500. And yes, there's still panic mode. You know, I'm not here ranting today. Although if they lost and got swept, you would have had rant part two this week. But a big way to get them to 500, avoid a sweep, and give you some momentum going to Hollywood, going to four more games with the Dodgers who just swept you. That was quite the sigh of relief to win on Wednesday, Figgy. It absolutely was. And but there had to be a sacrifice made, right? Who was the sacrifice? Pete Alonzo, the guy who was trying to make everything seem like it was rosy and everything was under control and not to panic. And, you know, this team would be fine. He was a sacrifice. He got hit in, in the elbow. He got hit so hard he couldn't take off his elbow guard while he was running the bases. He couldn't even put on the oven mitt to protect his fingers. But once he got out there, you know, he was very aggressive on the base pass, went first to third, winds up scoring the run to tie it. And that was a statement in itself with the way that this Mets offense has been to battle back in the ninth inning against Jake McGee. And Jake McGee was a guy who was very predictable, 90% fastballs this year. And last year, he was 97% fastballs. So you know what you were going to get. Luis Rojas, I'm surprised you haven't even said this. Luis Rojas had a little brain fart by not sending Conforto while Dom Smith was up and, you know, able to kind of battle Jake McGee to a 9-10 pitch at bat. I mean, you also had the brain fart by keeping Alonzo in hurt and leaving one of your slowest runners on the base pass uh, running in that situation when he you could have double switched. And scored. then you, the, 
Yeah, but then you took him he out scored. the next half. I mean, they won the game, so he this is nitpicking. But he shouldn't have been in there hurt running the bases, he potentially getting scored. hurt. Even he, he did, but he might have not if you did if you did it wrong, or that fly ball doesn't go as far. Correct. But any, uh, having said all those things, yes, he scored. And uh, I think when it's the, the guy who's the uh, leader of this team as of this moment, uh, Michael Conforto, hat off to him, gets a breaking ball, which I don't understand why they keep throwing him breaking balls. He's struggling with fastballs all season long. Every time he sees a breaking ball, he, he's able to get his bat speed up to par and, and able to make solid contact with the breaking ball. He did it again today. And uh, it, it, was, it was a fantastic moment to be able to do that and, and continue to um, try to get on the right path we haven't seen that yet from him and haven't seen any consistency that we could speak of if there's anybody that needs to do it in a major way it's Conforto down the stretch because there's a lot of that's going to fall on his shoulders on the success of this team you can't just rely on one guy and Pete Alonso is the face of the franchise right now he's the guy that's going to be in uniform for sure in a Met uniform next year so it may not be Conforto next year. But at the same time, listen, he's trying to raise his price. He's trying to raise his value. And he also wants to go out winning. I mean, you can't be on this team. He started out on this team in the 2015 team, taking someone's job who's a, a veteran who came off being a silver slugger in Colorado and took his job in left field and you know lit the world on fire in the playoffs in the World Series. And all of a sudden, Michael Conforto was on the map. And he's not that same player right now. He has a month and a half to try and do something to really raise his stock because they had, they had fallen so mightily in just the beginning of this season. So I, I look forward to Conforto continuing. And I like to see you talk about him running. He has attempted zero steals this season, which is quite alarming for a guy that you look at as athletic and should be running. Obviously, Rojas made the mistake. That, I mean, you have to send him there with Dom Smith up. He's safe at second base. Everyone's safe, despite the great diving play by Crawford. I like to see Conforto do something, a base pass as well, something the polar opposite of what Jonathan Villar is doing, which he, he's clearly looking at babes in the crowd and not at the pitcher throw because Jonathan VR has gotten picked off more times than anyone in the league, but oh, he I has. digress. Every, the, the, clo- the next closest is four times he's gotten picked off. He's been picked off seven times. Um, so his nickname is Caballo Loco. We knew this about him. I told you this. He's going to be overly aggressive. He's going to run you into some really good situations and run you right out of some really good situations. That's what you get with VR, and, and that's why he's not a starting player in the league currently, even though he's had some success. Having said that, I want him on my team. I want him on my team because of what all the things that he can do. Look, they battled, man. I, I know it's not been pretty. It's not been what the, the Mets fans have hoped for. We told you. We warned you in advance. This was going to be 13 days of hell. And it didn't start off on the right path. Three games against the Dodgers. First two, they had a chance to win those games. The third one, yeah, blowout. They went into San Francisco, and they lost by one those first two games. Had a chance to win each one of those. They could have lost this game very easily, one nothing. But well, they, they lost by two on Monday. They lost 7-5. Okay, 7-5. We lost by two. But what you're looking at is they battled back. They still had a chance to win the ball game. They were in within striking distance of winning the ball game, And they did it again today. They did it again today with the uh, everything on the line right there, losing five in a row. You're thinking, okay, here comes the sixth one, and what's going to happen? Who's getting fired? What do, what's the owner going to do now after his tweet? And we'll get to that in a second. But this team has battled. This team has tried to leave it all out there. You threw out the word battled like you're Mickey Calloway over there. You gave me some <laughs> nightmares. We we're recording at night, so I might not be able to sleep uh, tonight. The amount of time. That reminds me of Noah Syndergaard, who, by the way, posted a bum's butt bare naked on his Instagram story, then deleted it. Uh, uh, social media, bro. 
It reminds me of uh, Syndergaard when he gave up 10 runs in that game, and Mickey said he really battled out there. And I think I broke my local TV remote uh, when he said that. But, you know, they did battle Wednesday, and it was a game that they badly needed. And, you know, Jacob deGrom, you know, Pat Regazzo is, is saying, that his sources are saying, that they might shut him down for the season. That seems like the logical move. I mean, the fact that he shut down until beginning of September from throwing means he's probably done. I mean, he would need a couple of weeks to throw in rehab. So that's probably right that we won't see him. So the Mets will have to be without DeGrom. But hey, you know, if they could hang around against the Dodgers this weekend and split, win three out of four. I doubt that happens. But if they could do that, they will likely get Lindor and Baez back in the lineup Tuesday. And I know Baez is the opposite of play discipline, but they could get those guys back next week. And speaking of discipline and Twitter, the talk of the day, I mean, talk about waking up to a morning cup of Joe, a morning cup of Steve on Wednesday as Stephen A. Cohen too fired up on the old Twitter machine as a lot of Mets Twitter does and voiced a lot of the thoughts of Mets Twitter when he tweeted, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive the best teams have a more disciplined approach the slugging and ops numbers don't lie figure when i saw this i had a couple things that i thought one i was like is this the best avenue to put it out there should he have done a team meeting instead of voicing this out but then i thought to myself the wilpons would never do this i mean the wilpons didn't have a twitter Mm -hmm. and someone needs a kick in the ass when your manager will never fault anyone I mean, it's a daily occasion where his answers are robotic with Luis Rojas. He is not the fiery guy who's going to have a crazy post-game presser like Terry Collins did, and I'll give that to Terry. Terry could pump you up. Rojas is not that rah-rah kind of guy. So Steve Cohen is a fan who owns this team, who writes the checks for all these players, and he's had enough, and he's speaking the voice of many millions of Mets fans who are looking at this lineup and thinking, how are we this bad? We have so many good hitters, yet are so bad. They're averaging 3.78 pitches per at-bat. They're barely disciplined in the slightest. No one is walking, and that's with bias out the last week or two. I mean, they've still been undisciplined. This lineup has been atrocious. They've underperformed. We say it over and over. And I'll give credit to Steve Cohen. I think it was nice of him to freaking put a kick in this team's ass because they needed it. So I don't know. What do you what do you think of Steve Cohen's tweet? I think I informed you. I called you this morning and I said, uh, you know, did you see the old Twitter? And I read you Steve Cohen's tweet and you were like, whoa. So what was your initial reaction when you heard it? Listen, o- owners are normally silent when it comes to the operations of baseball. That's why they hire people who understand the game inside and out much better than they do. This is not something that's in his realm. I get there are numbers that he feels he can read on a paper and create a, you know, analysis of what's going on, but it's not that simple. There's people who have done this game or played this game, analyzed this game, coached in this game for a long time who can't figure out why the Mets are their inability to drive runners in and leaving such a, a metric ton of people on base. Yes, it's refreshing. It is refreshing to have an owner who speaks the mind of what the fan is. However, end of which it offsets the players who are working for this person who, yes, he writes the checks. You understand that, but he doesn't get to write less of a check if he's not feeling happy about it. The money's guaranteed regardless. So all you're doing is creating some friction. And you heard Pete Alonzo being asked about what Zach Scott said recently about the team's, you know, uh, lackluster play. And he asked 
what was the context? What was the whole question? What was the whole vibe of the interview? Because he wanted to understand it before he said it. The media and what, I, I mean, I was a big part of it when I did the pre and post game. We are responsible for dictating what the questions and the line of questions are to these players. We can kind of steer them basically into a or, or trap them into a corner and get them to say the wrong thing just for a bite, just for a sound bite. And you know that we've we've talked, we've interviewed, you know, 50 some odd different guests. And our, again, our, our guest list is second to none. And there have come times where, you know, I look at you and we do the squad cast and I can see you and I'll look at you and be like, I know what you're doing. I get it because it would be a viral hit if this player was to say X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that because it's about relationships. And these relationships don't matter about today. Like my father could tell me he, I was the worst kid in the world today, but he still loves me. He's going to love me for the rest of his life. The owner of the team knows he has an investment. And he said himself, this is a five-year thing before we have success. Don't put it on the players when you didn't go out and fortify this team. You've got Mazika up here. You've got Cisco up here. You didn't go out and get reinforcements. You didn't go out and get players and pitchers and other people to replace. The Yankees went out and got all-stars to replace their players who were all-stars who weren't available who are on the but how are you gonna how are you gonna say that's all on steve cohen though because he's not the head of baseball ops he's the guy that writes the check so if you could if you're gonna be able to come on call out the front office they call out the front office and say you know what we were four and a half games up when the trade deadline was here and what did we get for it rich hill and javi Baez. yeah so call yeah call it zach scott and sandy olsen we've seen this with sandy olsen in the past but he didn't do that but he didn't do that so don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games and yes it's not happening for them but it's not lack of effort was it lack of talent? Yeah. You know why? Go look at what, what the Atlanta Braves did. Go look at what the Atlanta Braves did. Yeah, but if Luis Rojas is not going to call out Go his players, why Atlanta can't Braves Steve Cohen? Because if you're sitting there on the boat and all you have is these same people on the boat that you're with, what are you going to say? I wish someone else was here. You can't say that as the manager of the team you're trying to lead. You can't say that. No, but he could say we suck instead of patting these guys on the back like a bunch of schoolgirls. I mean, come on. No, that's just a different way of thinking. They know they suck. They know they're not getting the job done. You think any one of them is sitting there going, oh, at least I'm I'm getting RBIs? No. You got the Braves. Since the five games in Flushing where we were like, oh, the Mets could push the Braves all the way to 10 back and really put them in the corner. What happened then? They lost three out of five, the Mets did. The Braves went on a tear, and they're 16 and six since then. And what are the Mets since then? Eight and 16. What did the Braves go and do after they left New York? They went out and got all-star caliber players to replace the players that were hurt. That's what they did. All-star caliber players. The Mets, what did they do? Rich Hill, Javi Baez, that's the best you could do? Oh, we didn't want to lose any of our resources. Well, then don't sit here and start blaming everyone else when you didn't do what was said. I'm tired of hearing the owner has deep pockets. I'm tired of hearing this ownership is going to do everything it takes to put a winner on the field. Did they? Yeah, but you're, you're going to ask they? him. To, yeah, no, well, listen, the, the, guy, the team on paper is good enough to be better than what they're showing. They just are. These are underperforming hitters with no discipline. The Yankees were nine and a half games out, Jake, and didn't have to make any moves. They went out and got Joey Gallo and Rizzo. And even though Rizzo's only played half the time because of COVID, their COVID lineup would demolish the Mets. Would they not? 
Probably. Would they not? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yes, they would. Including Garrett Cole, who was on the COVID lineup. So don't sit here and tell me, oh, uh, at least Stevie Cohen, Uncle Stevie's the, the guy. He's the man with the deep pockets. That's not the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that they sat back and said, man, this doesn't look like it's really going to happen. Why are we going to go all in right now? We have a five-year plan. So you can respect that at some level, but don't sit here and then go, man, the team is competing, but they got to be doing better. No sh- they got to be doing better. No sh- that every one of them wish they were doing better. No sh- that they don't have the best team on the field when you have your best pitcher and your best hitter on the IL for over two months now. Stop. Stop with the ownership group and how well they're, they're setting it all up. If you wanted them to win now, you could make them a winner right now. You could have went out and got players. You could have went out and gave up pieces to get players. Because the other teams did. The Dodgers damn sure did. The San Diego Padres did. And it's not working out for the San Diego Padres, is it? They're getting their butts kicked. But is the owner going, oh, man, this team sucks? No, I don't buy that. I get it. You want to motivate the players? That's great. Motivate them. Don't go on Twitter. So I take it you didn't like Steve Cohen's tweet. I haven't seen Figgy this riled up since they canceled bowling league last week. Look. You have, to rea- you have to realize that th- th- there's a reason. The, the Wilpons, for people who don't know the Wilpons, for people who've never spoken to the Wilpons, for people who think they knew what the Wilpons MO was, the Wilpons have sat down with select people and have said, this team is underperforming. This team sucks. This is unacceptable. But they have said it in a small group and not have said it on Twitter and not have said it out there. So I have always said, I have spoken to Fred Wilpon and said, you have to let this out. You have to say something. You have to do something because people think you don't care. And you're just sitting back like Scrooge McDuck swimming in the vault, no matter what. That's not the truth because they are the ones who are paying the hundred. If it's not $200 million, like everybody wants them to spend, they're spending 150, 160, 170 million of their money to see if this team could be a winner that year. And the next year they do the same thing. And the next year they do the same thing. So don't sit here now and go, Oh, this is the owner with the deepest pockets and money's no object. And yet we're sitting here and we're looking at, we, we just looked at Chris Bryant single-handedly demolishing the Mets in one game. And you're going, man, what could have been if it was Chris Bryant? I don't play that game. I don't play that game. But what I do know is you made two moves to fortify your team. Rich Hill, Javi Baez. That wasn't enough to get it into a playoff contention. The Mets also aren't, you know, they don't have an abundance of top, you know, elite prospects either, Figgy. I mean, they have a couple. They don't get rid of them. Trade them off and get whatever you can get for them. Okay, so then so then when it doesn't work in the two month rental and then everyone says, oh, there goes all our top prospects for two months in a rental. When we're not sure about Jacob DeGrom, we don't have our ace. You can't have it both. Jake, you can't have it both ways then. You can't have it both ways. So don't sit here and complain. Oh, at least we have prospects. At least so, we have- so you're saying you it, you would have been better if Steve Cohen went out publicly versus tweeting, or you think he should just shut up? No, no, no. Because it, it sounds his, like you think team. Steve Cohen should shut up. It's his team. It's his team. It's his it's his team. It's his money. It's his. He writes the paychecks every week. So if he has a problem, you know what he has more than any one of us as a fan of the team. He has access. He literally has access. He can walk his ass into the clubhouse and say, hey, we need to talk. And he already had a meeting with them not too long ago. But you know what? That was to kind of really kind of get them psyched up for the Dodgers and the Giants. Yeah, it seemed like nothing was really said. A lot just said he didn't say a lot. The Dodgers and the Giants, that's like saying, hey, next week you got to fight Mike Tyson in his prime. And then you got to fight right after him, the MMA champion of the world in his prime. Yeah, I get it. That's great. That's rah-rah. But what happened was when you were four and a half games up and you had an opportunity to kind of 
put more space than you could have. And you decided to kind of just, eh, Rich Hill's a nice, you know, a nice addition. He can eat some innings. The Mets starting rotation since DeGrom has gone out is averaging four innings per game. Yeah, it's embarrassing. The starting rotation. Marcus Stroman went into the eighth inning, and what happened? Jake, you were one of the people, I'm sure, that said it. Why is he in the game still? He gave up the home run. Meanwhile, if he would have come out, why isn't he in the game still? You can't have it both ways. So when that happens, when you're sitting back going, why are we letting him stay in the game? He has pitched like an ace in DeGrom's absence. So while DeGrom is undoubtedly the best pitcher on the planet, he's not available, Jake. He's not available. It's like you saying, I want to date the hottest chick that can be. I know I'm not, she's not available to me, but I'm going to still say that I, I would rather date her than anybody else. The man that's available is Marcus Stroman. He's out there. And then for when we're going to push right into the next topic, for Tim Healy to have the audacity to tweet out for clicks. Oh, by the way, 25 minutes after the game, there were nine retweets of Marcus Stroman highlights. Who gives a rat's ass? Who gives? You know why? Because I know for a fact, it's not just one person who runs someone's Twitter and someone's social media. I know for rat's ass that you have Marcus Stroman is a brand. And there are other people during the game that are scouring the internet, seeing all the good things that are happening because they want to tweet out about his brand. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So whenever they did it or whenever he did it, I don't care. While he was in that ball game, he left everything on the table. He gave you the most pitches he's thrown in a single se- in a single game this season and left it out there. So don't come to me, Tim Healy, and sit here and question someone's, their intent or, or, or their effort after the ball game. I could see if it was during the ball game, before the ball game. I, I don't even know when. It, it just, it's it just mind boggling that for clicks, you guys want to go out there and, and push buttons on people and then wonder why they don't want to talk to you. When they wonder why they don't want to answer your questions when you ask questions when there's media sessions. That's something that I will never understand as a former player because accountability is everything for us. Marcus Stroman has never run away from a microphone. He has never said, I will not answer that question. He has stood there every single time. So now you go and you try and nitpick and you're trying to, you're trying to pull apart what's going on with the Mets, right? The owner questions their effort. The owner's questioning what's going on. You see that. And now you get to ask all 30 guys that are involved, the coaches, the players, every one of them. Hey, did you see what, what the tweet was? Did you see what the tweet was? So now you're looking to create a riff. This is what happens in Mets land. This is what happened. I was with the Phillies in 2010 when I got let go by the Mets and I got put on waivers. The Phillies picked me up. Remember, I went from the last place team to a team who just won the World Series. I was in a good position. I was fine with that. I came back to New York and I spoke to the media and I said to them, look, I get it. You guys feel that the Mets are the second best team in their own town, right? There's no way of saying negating it. 27 rings. That's what all of you hear from Yankee fans. I said to the media then, about that. I could see what you're trying to do. And it was funny because Brian Schneider, who also was with me, they asked Brian Schneider and he said he wouldn't talk about it. And so the guy asked him a question about the Mets, the difference between the Mets and the Phillies. And and he goes, I like mayonnaise on my sandwiches. Some people like mustard, but I like mayonnaise. And the guy was like, that's not what I asked you. He goes, I told you I'm not talking about it. So we'll talk about sandwiches. Didn't ask him any more questions. He came over to me. And when I started talking about my interactions with the Mets organization, my interactions with what I saw from the Phillies and from the Mets and what was the difference. And I spoke to him and the other three reporters in a pronoun of you guys, you guys do this, you guys do that. They turned it around and said, I was dogging the Mets 
organization. That's not what I was doing. That's not what I was doing. But that's what the media does. The media looks, every single one of them looks for something that they can get. And that's what the new thing is about, right? Being first. Not being correct, being first. Who's the first one that's going to get somebody to say something that's going to be go viral? Look at John Boy. John Boy Media was created all because of that. I don't buy any of that. You know why? Because they're not the guys that are in that clubhouse busting their ass to try and right the ship. They're not the guys who have seen this lead dissipate and say, sitting back and going, man, we need to do better. You know they're thinking that. There's no way that Pete Alonzo wants to be this guy with a smile on his face all the time, but he has to be because nobody else is going to answer the tough questions. Nobody else is going to sit there with the media and try and say, hey, we're not panicking. That's the truth of what he wants to say is we're not panicking. We know we're better than what we are. We're not panicking. Don't panic. We'll be fine. I wish I could say the same thing, but I can't. There's just too many pieces that are not there. There's too many things that that when, when you look at the level of talent, when it comes to teams that are trying to get into the playoffs, the Braves have up their level. The Phillies have played to a higher level than the Mets in the last 15, 16, 20 games. So until they can figure out how to do something on a regular basis and make a statement, it's not going to be good enough until they do that. And if they do that, then the owner's going to be praising them in that same tweet, I would hope. And if he doesn't, then what? We're going to start recording at night more. Figgy is fired up today. My goodness, we're going to just do every time a night show. I mean, have we roll reversals, look down, check your belly. Is a little bit bigger than normal. Shake. Did you have it, chicken parm an hour nah. ago? Uh, you have a white claw, black cherry a little bit while ago. Are, are you Jake and I'm Figgy? No, What's going Jake, on this is this, the, 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 the difference. <laughs> You're fired up. You're mad. You're pissed off. No. But that's not the thing. It's it's not that I threw Tim Healy in a body bag. Listen, there's a there's a everybody has a reason for why they do things. Everybody has a reason why you do. And that that was that was Chris. That was transparent. That was as transparent as it could be. I'm going for clicks. I'm trying to provoke something. And he's with the publication that, you know, you have to they charge for subscriptions. So he's clearly trying. And listen, he got ratioed 675 quote tweets, 125 retweets. So he definitely he got the attention that he probably wanted that he says Stroman gets. And Stroman has not had a great relationship with the media. And I think this is a personal vendetta as a media member going up against Stroman that really was wasn't necessary saying Marcus Stroman's numbers last night, seven inks, three runs, 114 pitches, nine retweets of personal highlights within 25 minutes of game, the game ending. That was just a little much and very unnecessary. No, absolutely. And I think most fans realize that most, there's a few fans that are like, Oh my God, he's so selfish. Game's over. Games well, they're over. like, oh, the Mets are losing. Why is he doing personal? Uh, but you have to factor the brand, the whole HCMH thing, him trying to get a new contract. And listen, I don't think it doesn't make Stroman a bad team because right after that, he said, you know, shout out to Patty Mazika, who called me for the first time. Does. Jake, you know that he always does. He defends his teammates relentlessly. He is on social media and he knows he's a, a, a face, uh, somebody who is very recognizable on social media and people are blocked all the time. And that's all you'll see in the comments. Oh, he blocked me. He blocked me. He blocked me. You feel good about yourself because he blocked you? Good. That's even better for you. That that Let that be the, the biggest thing you have on your mantle. Because for Strowman, it's not to block people. He wants to create a culture, a winning culture, a vibe. You hear him say that many times on his tweets. He wants to create a vibe. But he's about positivity, right? The game itself is negative, okay? Hitting is a negative thing. You're going to be successful at best these days, two and a half times out of ten. Yeah, and Tim Anderson said that where this is a sport where you don't succeed, so you have to celebrate your successes because they're few and far between, especially in this year, which has been a weird year. If you're a hitter, pitcher, no matter what you are, the numbers are just down across the 
the board they in baseball. Are. So you got to celebrate the small, the vic, the small victory. Listen, I, 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 I look at it this way. All this guy does is he gives you 100% every time out. He said that he has said that for two years, even when he backed out in the COVID season and all, all he did was pump about how this was, this team was going to be special. This team had a chance and he wasn't able to do it. Whatever his reason were, he came back this year and we said we were going to hold him to a different standard because he had been pumping up this team and pumping up the things he wanted to do in a Mets uniform. And he's gone out and for, I would say 95% of his outings, he has done that. He has done that. He has been a leader. There's not a lot of people that can lead. There's not a lot of people that would follow other people. In this day and age, everybody wants to be their own thing. But I guarantee you in that clubhouse, there is probably 25 guys that want to follow Marcus Stroman because they know that he has their back. That's just the guy that he is. So I could care less about who tweeted his highlights or didn't tweet his highlights. What do you want him to tweet out? The home run that he gave up against Chris Bryant? Is that what you wanted? That would have been better for you, Tim Healy? Is that what you're looking for? I don't get it. R.I.P. Tim Healy. Cause of death. Nelson Figueroa. (laughs) August 18th, 2021. Well, Figgy is fired up, folks. Who would have thought he's coming bringing the heat? And the Mets will hope to bring the heat against the Dodgers this weekend. This is the Twitter theme show. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True. Go, go follow us. Big weekend against the Dodgers ahead before the Mets return home against three against the Giants. A 10-game homestand. Giants, Nats, and then four. Remember that makeup against the Marlins uh, where Stroman, they threw out there for one out, and then they suspended the game. That game will be made up. So, listen, the Mets have 18 games still against the Marlins and Nationals. The rest of their games, 24, their 24 remaining games, all against teams over 500. So if the Mets want to put on a miracle and be the miracle Mets of 2021, they're going to need a hell of a comeback. Four and a half games back as they enter Thursday's series against the Dodgers of the Braves, who are just surging, and now they get a cakewalk with three against the Orioles beginning Friday and an off day Thursday. So it's sure looking like the Braves' division to win, but we'll see if Steve Cohen's tweet. Listen, they're 1-0 since the tweet. They're 1-0. So they got to keep it rolling. The tweet's got to inspire them. It clearly fired Figgy up. Now it's got to fire up the Mets' offense. You know, they got runs. They did it late, but they pulled off the win. So maybe we talk Monday and they beat the Dodgers. Coming up next on Amazing But True, we'll go to You Got Mail. You've got mail. All righty. It's time for You Got Mail. Amazing But True pod at gmail.com. You can tweet us as well at Amazing But True. We'll answer tweets. We'll include emails. If you're too lazy to go in your email, tweet us at Amazing But True. Amazing But True pod at gmail.com and 845-391-3660. Are DMs open? Yeah, we'll put the DMs open. Nice. We'll see what's- what cesspool we could get on there. You just I got to figure know. out how to do you just that. Never, yeah. It's great content. It's just it great. really is. You never know what's going to come up in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us send us whatever you please. Stop um, me. All right, we'll go to your emails. We got an email here from Bernard. Bernie. <laughs> Jake and Nelson. What can the Mets do to shake up the lineup? Is it too late to do anything? Calling up Vientos, could that be an option? Thanks, Bernard. They stopped the 40-man, right, in September. Isn't it only 27 now in September? So they can't. It's not a free-for-all anymore to call up prospects. I don't think Vientos is ready. I think we might see him next year. I don't know if that's the right move. Just be better. I don't know. I think playing small ball, Figgy, like I always say, bunt. They try yeah, it with Mazika on Wednesday. Out. Yeah, how'd that didn't, bunt work out with Mazika? Didn't work out great. Uh, not the best bunter. <laughs> Something about catchers bunting just not working for the Mets. Play small ball and better approaches, trying to draw more walks. 
there's not many moves you can make. I mean, here's the shakeup that's coming, Figgy. You're getting Lindor and Baez back in the lineup on Tuesday. That should be a big enough shakeup with this team start score. Yeah, th- those are two guys that can add instant offense, and I don't care what Lindor was doing previously. I don't care what Baez was doing previously. Those guys are very talented. Um, and on both sides of the baseball, you're looking at the defense getting a huge boost. You're looking at the offense getting a huge boost. You're looking at base running getting a huge boost. We saw Baez with the magical slides and everything that he's done. Um, so I'm excited to have those two guys in Mets uniform at the same time because everybody's been like, oh, what's it been like to play with Lindor? What's it been like to play with Baez? They haven't played together. Um, no, Vantos is not probably going to make any kind of uh, a dent in this lineup. Remember, Pete Alonso didn't make a dent his first year that he had an opportunity to come up. And even though he led all of minor league baseball in home runs, the Mets decided, you know what? He put a lot into the season. He was kind of kind of be tired and you didn't want to put a tired Pete Alonzo against guys who were getting called up as well. So it wasn't a real true evaluation of what he was going to be able to do. And after a guy already had 500 at bats at the minor league level to have him then have the pressure of pitch, uh, hitting in the major leagues, it was probably going to be too much. So if they didn't do it with Pete Alonso, I think they're going to do it with anybody else. So at this time, I don't think anybody's going to make their debut uh, for the Mets in September. Uh, but unless they're, if they're that far out of it and it's like, okay, let's look forward to the future and they're not playing Baez <laughs> for some reason, then you want to bring up you know other players and see what they do. They could also go that way. So guys are allowed to play in the minor leagues for more than one year before they make their major league debut. I don't get the fascination with rushing people to the major leagues, especially when there's not really a spot for them. You've got mail. Hi, guys. What would you do to improve this team if you guys were Steve Cohen? Do you start with Sandy? Love you, Boricua. Cool Pup Che, 630. Mm, how about that? Name. Cool Pup Che, 630. Love you too, Boricua. Must have been listening to our Catch Astoria live podcast. Shout out to Jelani, the Boricua on stage with us, fellow Puerto Rican. Like Boricua. Boricua. What's the line, the Fat Joe line or yeah, Boricua, Boricua Morena? Morena. Morena? Mm-hmm. What's that? Morena, dark skin. Boricua is Puerto Rican. Morena is dark skin. Amidst that, we just got a Spanish shoot. My favorite Mets podcast around hands down by Mark. Tienes que enseñar a Jake K.S. Sofrito. Do you know what that means? <laughs> yes, it says I need to show Jake what is sofrito. Sofrito is something that every Spanish mom and grandma has made throughout the years where they put all these different vegetables and herbs and spices all together. And what they do is they freeze it and it becomes like this little thing where you scoop it out and you throw it in the middle of your rice and it's already pre-made and it has all the flavorings and it melts right there in the rice. When you make your rice, it's already done. And sofrito is a big thing that it's flavor. That's what he's trying to tell you. He's like, I got to show you sofrito flavor. And uh, I don't know if that's possible, Jake. One day I'll get some sofrito in my life. <laughs> I'm, eating, I'm eating some fritos tacos. No, not, not fritos and not Doritos and nothing of that nature. Sofrito. I, had a, I, I did have a Doritos Loco taco oh. over the weekend. Thank yeah. God they had cinnamon twist. I hate the Taco Bells that don't have cinnamon twist. Like, how do you not have it on your menu? It's a basic item. It's not hard to make. Anyways, let's answer cool. <laughs> let's answer cool pup chase 630. Um, do you start with Stan- Sandy? I mean, if you guys listen to the show, you know what I start with. That's firing Luis Rojas. Get a new hitting coach as well. Hugh Quaddle, Quagmire's got to go. Uh, Quaddle poop, poo-poo take in the words of Marcus Stroman. Uh, so I think new hitting coach. Get an established manager in here. Enough of the analytics guys, minor league guys you bring up. Get someone who's done this before. Someone like a Bob Melvin. I always wanted Bob Melvin back in the day, and God, he is just continues to kill it with a team that's 
not incredible in Oakland. Someone like that, get him. I would move on from Sandy. I don't know if they will. I didn't like everything from the harassment stuff and his his hiring process for these that he got called out for in the offseason. I really thought a good time to a fresh start would have been then, but this was Cohen's kind of first year as owner. I'd love a clean slate. I think you got to bring Theo Epstein in here as president, no matter what that means. I, I doubt Sandy gets fired. I don't think any Mets fan would lose sleep if he did, but Cohen, new hitting coach, uh, get Epstein in here and get an established manager. That's where I would start, Figgy. Those are all all things that on the surface seem like they're the 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 quick fix to everything. And I I get that. I understand that. And I know you're thinking off the top of your head, you can count six Mets losses and you can attribute them to Luis Rojas' decisions right there. And so six Met losses would mean that they would still be two games in first place or something like probably that. Probably more than six, I would think. See, they have a lot of one-run losses. Well, this, well, more, uh, well so. they've, they've been in the most one-run games in all of baseball. 25 and 20, I believe, in one-run games. They've been in the most one-run games in all of baseball. And that just attributes to the lack of offense and how well the pitchers have pitched throughout the year. Um, I feel like Hafner is safe. Um, he's done a he's done a really nice job in, in in being a pitching coach. I feel like the whole pitching coach staff, which is you know, there's a guy who does preparation, there's a guy who does the analytics, there's a guy they work on spin rates, they work on all these different things, so that when guys are trying to figure out you know how to uh, improve themselves, it's not a two year long process. They can figure out how to improve themselves in two weeks, three weeks because of the analytics and because of the um, technology. Having said that. Uh, offensively, it, it can't be blamed on a coach. The hitting coach's job, I have said this before, Jake, when, when Chili Davis got fired, it's the most thankless job. These guys are supposed to know how to hit at the major league level. What are you teaching them? You're not teaching them anything new. Well, you-, you could still get someone who's been there and done that, and Quagmire has not been there. I mean, come no. on. He was, no one even heard of him when he took over. He is he was an interim label and a guy who should stay on that. You got to bring in someone to the likes of Chili Davis, who's been a professional hitter, who has had experience in the big leagues. You want experience, manager and across the board. And I agree with you and Hefner. You can't get rid yeah, of Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be an open search for a hitting coach whether quagmire stays as an assistant that or quagmire so <laughs> yeah, stays <laughs> as an assistant that's fine um because he has relationships that you build that's another thing is that these relationships that you build the grind the grind of working through these things the grind of you know what michael conforto is working every single day and when he gets a hit he's not getting a hit and going out there and saying oh look at me i got a hit He's going there and he's fist bumping Quattlebaum or whoever he's working with and saying, look, that inside out swing that we were working on, it actually worked today. You're going to get a president of baseball operations, Theo, which Theo Theo falls right in line with. Sandy can stay as overall president of the organization because the owner feels so. He wants to be comfortable with somebody. He trusts Sandy. He's known Sandy for quite some time as a, a fan who had not just a fan, who's a fan who has a luxury suite at the stadium, who has connections with the team. He, I'd like a GM, though, that like could get in the ears of other G- I mean, Zach Scott's new at this, and I feel like, I don't know, we're in New York. I would love, so- I mean, you're not going to get like a cashman, but I wish Theo could be president and GM and just do it all. I mean, he could easily. He could easily, and Zach Scott could be the assistant because Zach Scott was the assistant until Porter was fired, right? So Zach Scott could fall back to the assistant after an unsuccessful season, and then you'll see you know, Theo Epstein take the reins, and Theo Epstein has a, a very good track record of doing a lot with less 
but he also did have an open checkbook, which Steve Cohen can provide. So I see the Mets being able to take a huge leap in the offseason if you had somebody like Theo Epstein who has done it before. Jake, look at what we're talking about. If you're a front office person and you're looking for a job, the disaster that could happen with the owner calling out the team, the team calling out the owner, the owner going back. You want to come in and, and stick your hand in that? Yeah, there are some implications. That's what people are saying, that this could hurt the future search for uh, a president. Think yeah. about it. The president of the, the president comes in and he's like, well, this is what I was given. And, and uh, ownership tweets out, hey, you know, it's an open checkbook. But yeah, but we didn't get anybody. It could go back and forth. This is what I'm saying is that you're looking at if you're developing a culture of winning, you keep that kind of stuff in-house. The Yankees for 30 years of Cashman, or however many years it's been, you've never heard boo out of Cashman or anybody saying anything bad about Cashman because he had an open checkbook. He had the okay from up top, do whatever you got to do so that we are in the top tier of teams. Best in baseball, that's not always a money thing. Best in baseball is not always a money thing. And you can go down the line of the last, you know, guys who won the last 10 World Series and you don't see anybody winning four World Series in a row, right? So it's not a money thing. It does come down to creating that culture that every year you are this close. And that's what people talk about the Yankees for, right? The Yankees have won in 2009. Since then, it's always talking about, oh man, they're this close. They're this close. That's great. But that's not where the Mets are. The Mets are not this close. Take a chance on Thee. Take a chance on Thee. Yo, I had to do it. Take a chance on me. Shout out Chance Cisco, Mama Mia reference. Hopefully he gets an at bat at City Field and he gets his Abba walk up. You've got mail. Sarah in Manhattan. Hi. So my questions for Jake and Nelson. Yeah. Are you guys going to follow me back on your amazing but true Twitter account? Two things about this whole thing, right? So Farah, my friend, wink, wink, Farah, um, apparently has unfollowed me because I didn't follow her back. That's what any normal person would do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down. I was talking about Farah, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, I don't need you chiming in about Farah. Here's the thing. Okay. Savage. I, I get that. I don't go through each person that follows me and follow them back. I used to do that in the very beginning. And because when you're in the beginning of Twitter, that's the Likely fun thing story. to do. I've got 20,000 people, Jake. I can't. Oh, check. here we go. Oh, here okay. go. I can't. No, no. Time out. Okay. Let Farrah. me know when it's right. Tell, tell Farah. <laughs> just tell Farah. <laughs> tell, tell Farah. This is the thing. I, 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 if I knew that it was upsetting her, if like she wrote to me and said, are you going to follow me back or what? No problem. Quick follow. Bam. I'm done. Done deal. So tell Farah. <laughs> if you see Farah, Farah, <laughs> let Farah know that I would follow her back in a heartbeat because I'm a man of the people. Okay. And now that we have our own Twitter account, done deal. If you, if you follow us, we follow you. You tweet oh. us, we tweet you oh, back. Oh, you guys we, follow we back? <laughs> we follow back. That's what we do. Uh, oh, amazing, but true. I'm going to keep a little bit more limited on the follow back to keep it. Uh, met- Sarah, That's because Sarah. Like, you've got all these bots that follow you, Jake. Anytime that you retweet <laughs> something, we get these Russian bots that tell me about Bitcoin. And I'm not doing it, Jake. I'm Jake not doing it. New- That's the New York Post. The New York Post has Bitcoin uh, followers. Unbelievable. I, I, don't, I don't know what that, what's going on. Uh, uh, over the over on that side of okay, things. Okay, so let, let's let Sarah speak for her friend Farah. One, I respect your amount of followers, but how come every other host of all of our, our other podcasts followed me back? 
I don't think some that's of them, true. Some of them have more followers than you. Oh! oh. I just like to point out. Oh! Eviscerated just body bag! <laughs> Okay. So You're not even verified. In a world oh. where Figgy doesn't follow back Farah. Okay, let's let's. Okay. Even Jake uh, is verified. Jake not. is not verified. Yes, I am. That just happened. You're then. not. That just happened. I am. How do you not get me verified again? I was only verified when I was at SNY when I had to change my screen name. Sure. They wouldn't sure. let me do it. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. I didn't buy any of my followers. I know where my followers came from. <laughs> Mine are real, and I'm verified. <laughs> and you're not. Mine are real, and they're spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thanks for uh, emailing us. Amazing but true pod at gmail.com. Thanks to Farah for calling it. Farah fought it. <laughs> dead, but she's alive That's again. Coming back really from the dead. Rest in peace. Thoughts and prayers. Sarah, Farrah Fawcett, great actress, great lady. The 80s once had a crush uh, on Ron Duguay, our Rangers podcast. Host. Who does follow Sarah McCrory Thank on Twitter? Everyone does. Think, Everyone does. Well, he, I don't think he has more followers than Figgy, but he is verified and he does follow. Yeah, Farrah, they all do. Farrah Everyone McCrory. else does. Oh, all the other hosts. Uh, well, it, it took Figgy four years to follow Thank me. You. So that is that some Salas, 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 Fernando Salas. If that's some Fernando Salas for you, it took him till the eighth night of Hanukkah to follow me in 2020. So <laughs> and it happened. Did it not happen? How about this? The uh, eighth night of Hanukkah this year, you follow back. Is that Tara. your Hanukkah gift? That, that was, was my Hanukkah, Hanukkah gift. It was. So, so that'll be yours. I eighth night Farrah. of Hanukkah. Listen, Hanukkah. You, you just tell your tell your friend Farrah to tweet out saying hey uh, i'm a i'm a loyal listener first time long no, no no it's fine i just unfollowed you oh it's wow cool. like, you gotta keep my ratio and ratio <laughs> you're not gonna follow back all right wow savagery let me know when you go viral well we actually you know speaking of mark as we record this show we have another voicemail that has come in from the show right now you've got mail hey this is Mark Heileman calling you from Ecuador and uh, biggest Mets fan since since the 1980s. Gotta know, Jake, did you ask Figgy what exactly sofrito is and how it's used to spice up food and how important that is for a baseball player? <laughs> Enjoy learning the new spanish with Figgy. wait a minute we're going global here wait. global ecuador yeah we got ecuadorian my man here. so we already talked we touched on the sofrito thing but i'm without a doubt listen jake we we've been working together for almost two years now the pandemic is the only thing that slowed us down you are coming with me to my parents house and my mom will do the whole sofrito thing so we've got to go video i i keep saying this we've got our twitter we have this podcast number one podcast mets podcast that there is i've said that i claim it but number one number one but what i'm saying is we're gonna have to do some video. We're gonna have a video clip of Jake going to my parents' house, my mom hooking it up, showing him. As long as there's no greens and vegetables in, <laughs> should be good. Yeah, listen. Anything that's What's close to green. Anything that's close to green. It's cilantro. Get it's cilantro. No there's bell peppers. There's all kinds of things. It, it, it literally is a just. 
it's almost like what a bouillon cube is for white people. That's literally what it is, but it's frozen. You make it, you, you you blend it up, you have it, and you make this whole vat of it, and you use it all year long. Chunk out a scoop of – some people have ice cube trays that they make it into, and they pop out a, a couple of ice cube trays, and they throw it in their rice, and it goes in, and it melts in, and it makes the rice taste unbelievable because you have all these different seasonings and 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 vegetables all mixed into it and it just gives everything all, all spanish people use it in their cooking and it just it's unbelievable so fritos with boricuas that could be our new segment, <laughs> segment later in 2021 thanks for calling amazing but true pod at gmail.com and 845-391-3660 or tweet us at amazing but true And that'll say adios to episode 79 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Sarah McCrory, for producing the show. Give your boys a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcast. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday after the Mets series in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. Hopefully the Mets bats are Hollywood swinging. Enjoy the games and your weekend, and let's go Mets.